This morning we read from Paul's letter to the Romans, the 10th chapter. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And we pray. These are your words, dear Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Messaging people today, like on your phone, is, you'd think it should be a pretty straightforward concept. You got a message and you just send it off. But I think that we tend to have like little quirks and bits of weird etiquette that go along with messaging today still, or things that maybe surprise us or bug us. I know one thing for me is like, now if someone's texting you back, a lot of times it kind of like shows these like three dots that just keep uh, right by the message, and it's like, well, so they're typing something is what it's indicating, and then so you kind of wait for it and wait for it, and like 10, you know, it feels like forever, and the message you get back is like, okay. And so it's like, did they just write this really long telling me off sort of thing and then decided to delete it last second and write okay? You just don't know. Or you kind of have that thing where, you know, you, you DM someone and then they like see it and then leave it on red and then it's like, are they, they so they saw my message, they saw I had a question and now they just are going to ignore that and then eventually you just break down and in pathetic fashion, like, well, I guess I better message back again, and maybe, maybe then they'll deign to, to give a reply. So you kind of have some of these, I don't know, weird etiquette things, or even like, maybe you have this in your life where you have someone like me where this person is always the person that has to be the last one to text back to something, so it's like, whatever you say, there will always be one more text, even if it's like, okay, we're good, okay, we're good one more text back of some sort of thing, and it just is just a thing, I guess. Well, we're not like the first people that decided to be like complex about how we send messages, I think. And actually, with the lesson today, I really want to highlight how the same complexity, well, not the exact same complexity, but we have our complexness when we message people or ins and outs to it, and really in the ancient world, and they had some of those same they had similar things going on too when, when sending a message. It wasn't just, hey, I have a message, send it, the end, no problem. And so I want to dive in a little bit to some of those complexities that we see in our lesson when it talks about messengers bringing good news. And I hope that it really highlights the good in good news for us in the gospel. And now, you know, with, with Paul starting out the lesson, it's, it's straightforward. You got, you know, Simple concept of message giving and receiving of things like believing and hearing and preaching and being sent. And it, and it bears saying that the word preaching there in the New Testament language is just a plain word for what a messenger would say. So like announcing and things like that. It didn't have to specifically be uh, preaching like our very specific English word. But at any rate, it's a very straightforward, this is how it's done. But then it, he highlights this passage from the Old Testament 
it says how, how beautiful uh, the feet are. And us that can seem like, okay, well, I guess that's a, a weird way to put it. But yeah, uh, beautiful feet bringing a good message seems straightforward. And I just want to highlight with that phrase that, that really in the ancient world, bringing a good message was actually a, a very big deal. It was a, a, a very significant thing. It wasn't just, okay, another message that I as messenger bring. So we have some kind of interesting examples. So like in 2 Samuel, uh, there's this instance where the Israelites win a battle and there's a messenger, a guy who wants to bring the message, like, okay, can I be the one that brings the message? And then the other um, commander is like, no, it's, there's not going to be a reward for it. Uh, so the implication, of course, is that there are perks involved. Uh, but the guy's like, I want to go anyways. And of course, probably wasn't viewed as having a good reward in mind because, well, uh, the king's son Absalom had died in that battle. And so, uh, you know, but the implication is like, well, if you had good news, uh, there would be perks that go along with it. And closer to the time of the text, and a little more straightforward, you have uh, a famous Roman politician named Cicero, and he has a slave that brings back a good message to him and he actually frees the slave. He's just so happy about that, that message. And so when we think about a message and good news in the ancient world, we shouldn't just think, oh, another day on the job, or that this beautiful feet talk of Paul is just kind of an empty figure of speech. It's like, no, this is a huge deal. You are bringing a good message. Good things tend to happen uh, on the side in bringing that good message. And it makes it even a surprise in the lesson where Paul highlights, well, not all have believed. It, it, it makes it jarring for the readers to see you had good news, uh, and yet uh, it wasn't listened to. And so I think highlighting how big of a deal bringing a message was in the ancient world that's a good news should raise the question to us, of course, when it comes to the gospel, which means good news, what is our attitude or energy level about it? Does that match what people tended to think about bringing a message of good news in, in the ancient world? I think we know probably not, not really, that unfortunately in our sinfulness we don't always have that good highlighted in the good news of the gospel. And it's easy to think of it as kind of like a chore sort of a thing or something we don't really want to talk about or share because it might be difficult or might be awkward. And maybe it raises some challenges to us, like, well, do I really treat this as good news? Or in a sense, am I treating it really poorly by acting like it's not good, not something that I would like to talk about? And we can even get into other difficulties where, well, if we have a lot of negativity toward whatever has us bothered in life or complaining or things like that, then if we even talk about that good news, is it so overshadowed by those other things? And so I think when we kind of examine our sinfulness and, and our attitudes that we often have about the good news of the gospel, we realize like, eh, maybe, maybe I don't treat the good news like actual, literal good news. And I think to help bring back the energy into that, I think it's all just so helpful to highlight why why do we call this gospel good news? Why don't we just say news? And why this beautiful feet talk with Paul? Why is it such a thing that it's 
highlighted constantly throughout the New Testament of good news with preaching the gospel. And I think it helps to first think about all the things that's really done for us. I mean, Paul concludes by saying faith comes by hearing. And so this message, first of all, uh, comes to us and creates faith in our hearts or strengthens that faith continually in us. It's the message that portrays very uh, important and comforting things that Jesus has done for us. How he, he did come to this earth to forgive our sins. He went and lived perfectly so that that perfect credit could count for us. He died on the cross so our sins would be on him and not on us. And we see his message loud and clear when he rose again from death, showing that uh, he's given us uh, new life, not only now, but we know we will go beyond death thanks to him. We will be with our Lord in heaven. We have a resurrection of our own to look forward to, all thanks to this, this great and wonderful work that he has uh, done for us. So I think it's helpful to keep in mind uh, so much of what he's done for us in forgiving us and saving us and giving us heaven. But even beyond that, I think it helps to bring the positivity into the good news uh, as we think about uh, what it can do for other people too. Uh, just as, again, ancient messengers knew, there were good surprises. You don't know exactly what's going to happen, but there are surprises that happen with bringing good news. I think we might surprise ourselves if we maybe go out there and, and try to share this message in even some small way to people around us. Um, and sometimes it's going to be nerve-wracking, like, oh, we know there's so much involved with it, but we don't have to do everything. I mean, that's why Chaplain Molstead gets paid the big bucks for adult instruction and stuff like that. You know, pass those difficulties off on him. But for ourselves, I mean, I mean think of the little positive things that we can uh, share with people's lives. I mean, for example, our God is... is not a God who leaves the DMs of our prayers, so to speak, on red. He listens and he answers us and he provides for us. Our God has created us with purpose and he, he gives us uh, that purpose. And he has things for us in this life, uh, in, in a life that can often feel void and, and meaningless to people. We have a God uh, who has a message that can help. We have people around us that have hurt and difficulty and sadness and loneliness, and, and we have news that, that can be of help. And I don't want to make it sound like this is like a cure-all that just instantly in a snap totally fixes everything. We, we, there's complication, but I think we do have good news, and I think that good news, if we're creative about it, can help people in their difficulties in small ways and then onward into big ways too. So, again, just like there's quirks and etiquette with messaging and DMs and all that business today, I think we see, hopefully, there is some complexity, but in a super good way, when we look at um, messages in the, in the Bible, that there was a, a positivity and energy around bringing good news. You didn't know what would happen. Usually it would be a positive good thing, although in our text it is mentioned that sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But I, I hope this helps reframe our thinking on bringing a message of good news. It truly is good to highlight that goodness in the message and remember that that's a goodness that we ourselves have too as we're so thankful of what our Lord has done in, in forgiving us, giving us heaven itself, and giving us, uh, being with us each and every day with, with his plan and purpose. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, continually remind us of how your gospel is truly good news in the saving message of Jesus, his death and resurrection. Help us live as forgiven children of this good news. 
help us to talk to others with it in whatever way we can think of to help and comfort them along in this life with your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.